Riddle Me That is brought to you by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Use creation tools right from your phone and your computer, and Anchor will distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. And it's free. And now, your host, Alex Riddle. Riddle, 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 Riddle. What is up, everybody? You're tuning in to the Riddle Me That podcast with your host, Alex Riddle. On today's episode, we have a lot to dive into, lots of sports this weekend. We have NFL coming back on Sunday, lots of intriguing matchups there. We had a thrilling five-set U.S. Open final between Dominic Thiem and Alexander Zverev. NBA, we have Denver Nuggets forcing yet again another Game 7 after being down 3-1. Against the LA Clippers, will they prevail again and defeat the Clippers, or will there be an all-Western Conference LA Final? We also have a Week 1 into Week 2 Fitner Cup results and overview. Can't wait to get started. So NFL Week 1 finally here last weekend. There's a long time coming uh, for most sports fans. I think most sports fans thought that... I. I don't know when the next time I'll, I'll ever get an NFL Week 1 again. And here we are. It, it just came. And everyone's fantasy teams were up and running just like nothing ever happened. Uh, which is not true. But at the same time, it, it was great to have it back on Sunday. It felt good to uh, have all our teams back and have something to look forward to uh, with, the, with the NFL season. And also for fantasy football, that's a huge part uh, of what me and my friends like to enjoy. So... It was great to see that we're going to, at least for the time being, get to enjoy that for now. Um, not going to think about what's going to happen in the future if the season's going to be completed because just take it one week at a time. Because at this point in my life, that's what I'm doing with anything. I'm taking it one day at a time, not taking anything for granted. But it was a great week one. Um, it was it was cool to see Tom Brady in another uniform on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He didn't look the best. But he was still, you know, decent enough where you thought, okay, this team might actually be able to do something this year. A tough first matchup against the Saints, uh, who also were pretty rusty. But, you know, even with them being rusty, still managed to score 30-plus points uh, and win pretty easily. Um, but I, I'm I'm not giving up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. I'll, a lot of people are already saying that Brady's washed. And, yeah, he might be a little washed, Uh him, him and the Gronkowski combination are, is not going to be the same as it was in New England, but it was just week one against a very good Saints team, uh, so I'm not going to knock them down. So we'll see how they are the next few weeks. Uh, we'll be able to tell if they're going to be contending or not. Uh, but that was cool. Uh, some a, a very good Sunday night game between the Dallas Cowboys and L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams looking really good. A big step up from last year where they just were – not performing to their Super Bowl standards. I think this year, they they already look 10 times better, just, you know, confidence-wise. Uh, on the defensive side, Jalen Ramsey was really good, who they just signed to a longer extension. So the Dallas Cowboys look like the Dallas Cowboys always do, losing by a few points, uh, always having that last drive. and just can't really f- seem to figure it out at the end of games. They look good too, but also they you know they just look like the normal Dallas Cowboys. 
A very good offense, very good defense, but they just kind of, you know, can't get over that hump in the middle of the game where, all right, well, we got to score multiple times in a row, and they're always kind of playing from a little bit from behind. It's And it's tough to do on a consistent matter. So Cowboys are going to be good, but, you know, are are they going to be good enough to make the playoffs? Uh, that's, that's always the question with them. Uh, and I'm sure Jerry Jones already stressed out after week one, uh, as he should be. But at the same time, I do like the Dallas offense. I think they're going to be just fine. The Chicago Bears. Uh, what a wild game that was against the Detroit Lions. Being, I think they were down 23-6, to six, I believe. And they come back and beat the Detroit Lions by four points. The Detroit Lions have a chance to win the game, but their rookie running back, DeAndre Swift, drops the ball in the end zone. That was wild. Uh, it was all over Twitter saying the Chicago Bears... Uh, 1-0, DeAndre Swift, 0-1. That's that's a hard one. Even, and it was a tough game for him because he already had a touchdown. He could have had two touchdowns on his rookie campaign. Instead, he you know ruins the game and might just ruin the rest of the season for the Lions. St- story of the Detroit Lions right there. I, I don't feel bad because I was rooting for the Bears, but at the same time, from a sports perspective, you're like, damn, this team cannot catch a break. Literally can't catch a break. Uh, Matthew Stafford still looked... Good, he's still doing his thing. You know, always an underrated quarterback. Uh, but happy the Bears got the first W. They play the New York Giants next week, so maybe the Bears can start off 2-0 and somehow. Uh, Trubisky was, he looked awful in the first half. He did get together in the second half, so he's definitely going to keep his starting role. But still not thrilled about Trubisky. I'm still expecting Foles to make an appearance in the next few weeks or so. Uh, but, I mean, if the Bears keep winning, they're going to keep holding on Trubisky. But their schedule is definitely going to get tougher. Uh, so hopefully we can get some scrub wins in the beginning uh, and still you know keep ourselves in the playoff hunt for as long as we can. Another game uh, in the afternoon that was really intriguing was Arizona Cardinals and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, I predicted multiple times in the podcast that they're going to be a breakout team this year, and they started off my prediction well on the first game of the season by beating the San Francisco 49ers on the road. Kyler Murray looked awesome. Uh, he had a rushing touchdown at the end of the game that was huge. Uh, and their defense looked good against a good 49ers team. Uh, and for uh, as good as the 49ers' defense is, DeAndre Hopkins, no problem. A career day in catches for him. I believe he had like 15 catches. Uh, so whoever was doubting him in Arizona can shut their mouths now because him and him and Murray combination is going to be filthy. Uh, Kenyon Drake had a little bit of a slow start, but he did, he did end up scoring a touchdown. Uh, I believe he had like 60 yards, but was pretty much uninvolved for most of the game. But that's also going against a San Francisco defense that's one of the best run defenses in the league. So I think he's going to pick it up. Uh, but overall, the Cardinals just look confident. Uh, they're they're try they're you know they're riding Kyler Murray, who's going to be, in my opinion, a top five quarterback this year. So they go as Murray goes. Uh, and I love the veteran leadership with Larry Fitz still in there as wide receiver. I think that's great. For even someone like DeAndre Hopkins, who, yeah, he's now a veteran in the league, but still young, Larry Fitz can teach him a lot of things, and I think Larry Fitz is one of those guys that's just going to keep that team together uh, just on and off the field. So I'm really liking the Arizona Cardinals team. They're proving me right early. Hopefully they can keep it up. So I want to talk a little NBA now. The Denver Nuggets, the team that doesn't quit, down 3-1 against the Utah Jazz, Find a way to come back and win 4-3 uh, in an amazing series where Jamal Murray and Diamond Mitchell were breaking records left and right. 
They are now down. They were now down three one to the L A Clippers. Who you then think, okay, well, they're not going to come back three one against the Clippers, and here they are, tied up at three. Game seven tonight. I mean, anything could happen. And it's crazy. The last couple of games, the Clippers have had leads in both games by double digits, and they've blown it. And they lost by last game by 10, 15 points after being up by 16 in the second half. The Nuggets just, you know, they have that, they're that team this year where they're, when they're on the brink of elimination, they they play 10 times better because they're playing, you know, with desperation. And that's a team that responds well uh, when they're down. And, and the Clippers seem to have problems with putting teams away. You know, they get up early. For most of the game, they look really good. And then they kind of just take the foot off the gas pedal. And that happens. Uh, it's just a natural thing in sports. When you're up, you tend to play not to lose instead of to win. And that's exactly what's happening to the Clippers right now. I do think the Clippers are going to pull this one out. Uh, it'd be hard for me to see them losing a series like this, especially with having Kawhi uh, and Paul George. But anything can happen. I think the Clippers, the, the Clippers are about seven-point favorites. I do think that the Clippers are going to win tonight. Uh, I can see them winning by 10 to 20 points. Uh, just by putting you know the finishing touches off on the Nuggets, but at the same time, who am I to count the Nuggets out? You know, this is what they've been playing. You know, uh, against all the odds all season, uh, trying to prove that they're you know belong in the Western Conference Finals. And I mean, if they somehow beat the Clippers here, that would be. I mean, this that must be a record. I was coming back twice, three one in the series and winning. I don't know how many teams have done it, uh, but for the quality of opponents that the Nuggets are playing, it'd be an insane. Uh, achievement for them to do. Uh, I don't know if they can make and win this series. I don't know how well they do against the Lakers. I just think they're going to be exhausted. Um, but I mean, they're they're professional athletes. They can handle it. I it it'd be cool to see the Nuggets win this series and come back again. But at the same time, I I do really like the Clippers. I I really want to see that Western Conference Los Angeles final. Um. But we'll see. It's going to be a great game tonight. Uh, I'm calling the, that, that the Clippers are going to win about 10 points so they cover the spread. But prove me wrong, Nuggets. Let's see a great game tonight. It is now time to dive into the Week 1 Ficht Cup overview for the best fantasy football league in Elmhurst. Probably Illinois. It was a wild Week 1. You know, not, not every member of the league happy with where there's were put... At the beginning of the preseason power rankings, it was a tough job for me. I can't lie. Uh, it was really hard. To, you know, it, it's hard to judge a fantasy football team on where you should go uh, and not help to be a little biased. I, I don't think I, was, I tried really hard not to be biased. Uh, but, you know, not everyone's always going to be happy with those. So I was under, you know, I was, I was fine with that. But overall, I think they were pretty accurate based on how the week one results went. It, it, it was an awesome week one. Uh, a lot of new relevant teams, a lot of new relevant team names, uh, notably uh, first week, uh, definitely about that action, Luke Liebert with the best team name in the league, I think. Uh, I personally love my uh, saloon's name, uh, but that might be a little biased, but I, I think it's a more popular name in the league. But I want to get to the week one matchups. Uh, so I'm just going to hop right into it. Uh, no particular order here. Uh, but, yeah, I there's a lot of beef going on in the group chat uh, for our league. Uh, primarily, 
Luke Boyd and Mike Nasser, which is where we're going to start today. On So before we get started, uh, I would just like to say that also the league wasn't too happy with the predictions that me and the commissioner, Luke Boyd, made last week on the show. And just to put it out there, we went four and five, or four and five, four for five. Okay, so we got one game wrong, uh, which I'll go over soon. But so whoever was hating, you know, we, you know, we, we crunched the numbers together, came up with some predictable scores, and we got the results that we thought. Uh, but let's hop into that Luke Boyd, Mike Nasser uh, matchup. And it's the, it's the 69ers featuring Nick and Madison with the 101.72 victory over the human centipedes, Mike Nasser, who had 89.58. Really sloppy matchup here. Um, Nasser had Russell Wilson, uh, who gave him 31, and Dalvin Cook 21 to go up early. Uh, but... Chris Godwin really letting him down uh, in the Monday night game against the Giants. Only 2.7 with an injury, uh, an ankle sprain. So it's unquestionable and running back territory for Mr. Nasser. Uh, Austin Hooper not doing anything. I called that in last week's podcast. You know, good on the Falcons. I don't know about the Browns. Only a 2.5. Mark Ingram uh, getting all his touchdowns vultured by J.K. Dobbins. He had two. Uh, and also just not looking great. Only 29 yards. He had 2.9. San Fran D with one, not cutting it against a, a young, surging Arizona Cardinals team who I love. Uh, big Kyler Murray guy. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to be really good this year. Uh, so with a huge statement win over the 49ers uh, in that game. But for Luke Boyd, you know, the storyline here is Deshaun Watson giving him 20 points. Uh, a lot of that being garbage time, uh, which Mr. Nasser um, ridiculed in the group text, you know, saying that he won on garbage time, but Luke, that, that Luke doesn't have a good team. Uh, to Luke's defense, Nasser, garbage time wins are wins. So, yeah, it sucks that it's in garbage time, but, you know, no one wants to hear from someone that only scores 89 that, you know, you only won in garbage time. I mean, I'll win in garbage time every week if that gets me to a championship. So, not really much of an argument there. A win's a win in fantasy. A lot of it can come from Garbage time points, so nothing wrong with what Luke did. He just, you know, played by the numbers. Um, you know, not the best game from, from Luke, though. Barely cracking 100. Saquon and Eckler only combining for 18. Cooper Cup not doing anything. Mark Mark Andrews, great game. He's going to be a top three tight end. Good to see that he's still performing. Uh, Stephon Diggs, good first day uh, for the Bills. Bears D, I don't know, giving up zero point or Scoring zero points, uh, allowing 23 points against the Lions. Might, have been, might need to find a new D there. It's a pretty ugly pick early. Uh, I know he was, I, I know that they're one of the first defenses off the board So uh, behind the Steelers, so that was questionable. Love the kicker, though, Harrison Butker. So Luke Boyd, good win. Garbage time win is a win in my books. Nasser, definitely going to have to, you know, and it, it started Nasser with, you know, in the draft. You know, not having high morale on the team. Um, you know, there needs to be a leader in that locker room, and you just haven't found it yet. So, good win for Boyd nonetheless, but definitely need to pick it up as the weeks progress. Let's go to the, you know, actually, let, let's go to my matchup. So, my matchup with Ethan Holman, 
Uh, a big rivalry week here. Uh, Ethan with a lot of daughters on his team trying to make a statement win. That just did not happen. Uh, my Sukun Saloons beating Holman's team 137.4 to 97.46. Was a little close early on. Took my team to get going a little bit. But once Aaron Jones and Adam Thielen found the end zone, it was game over for Holman, who didn't even see the scores because he was out golfing on Sunday. That's right. Game week one, he's out golfing. He's not He's not home resting for his boys. He's not showing that support. He's not countering. A lot of things going wrong in the week one matchup for a real needed statement win for Holman. You know, talking a lot of trash. Uh, loving that he was down in the power rankings. You know, he usually plays from behind all fantasy season. So he's definitely uh, going to need to search for that in the upcoming weeks. But my team just performed uh, Kyler Murray with a huge first statement game, 26 points. He had 230 yards, uh, a rushing touchdown, and another touchdown thrown. Uh, Kumara with two touchdowns, almost a third. He looked great coming off the contract extension. Uh, D- DK Metcalf with a bomb. Uh, he had a touchdown and 95 yards, four receptions. Uh, honestly, for me, I'm happy with my team right now. It seems like my guys are the vocal points on each offense. Uh, I love having Kumara and Aaron Jones as my two running backs. That's always been my problem in fantasy, not having enough backs. Uh, but those are two stud running backs right there, which I'm thrilled with. Uh, and I'm just happy. I think I have an overall flow to the team. I love having Pittsburgh D, the best defense in the land, put up an easy 10 tonight. They're an easy 10 to 15 every night. Um, but co- big expected for me is Kyler Murray. I have him in about four different leagues. Uh, and seeing him perform like he did against one of the best defenses in the land is just what I wanted to see for the weeks going forward. So, Overall, huge statement win for the Saloons. Putting up 137 for me is huge week one. But we're just getting started. It's week one. That This doesn't mean anything yet, but happy to get one win, especially over rival Holman, uh, who has some work to do on his team. I, you know, he, put, you know, he had Melvin Gordon in the last night, who had 14. He had a touchdown. So Holman definitely kept fighting, but it was just obviously too late. Uh, and, yeah, he had McCaffrey from 27. Big Ben with a big performance of 22. He's going to have a huge controversy with him and Burrow, who he's going to start. Uh, but he needs receivers like Jarvis Landry and Keenan Allen to pick it up, along with Joe Mixon, who just did not get it going uh, for the first week. Let's go to, for the third matchup, a supposedly freak bowl matchup between Big Ticket, Nick Pastovic, and Big Sam. I don't know. I Big Sam might have had the performance of the week uh, it's to be debated, but he had one of the top weeks. He put up 138.5 uh, to Vegas' son, 107.3. Huge statement win for Big Sam, uh, being predicted ninth in the power rankings and just really wanting to make a statement week one. And he did, and he did just that. Uh, his running backs, Gurley and Singletary, combining for 12.7, 7.8, not bad. Uh, but where he really you know hit his stride with, is with his wide receivers is who he drafted first. Devonta Adams with 34.6. He had two touchdowns, 14 receptions, 156 yards. And Julio Jones with a 20 spot, nine receptions, 157 yards. Those are going to be the vocal points on his team. Uh, if they can produce 9-8-9-9, Big Sam's going to be in the hunt for a playoff spot for sure. Um, Hawkinson with 14. Great tight, late tight end pick for Kuhn. Uh, and, the, and the New Orleans D with 17. Uh, huge for Kuhn, who also has Drew Brees, who... Didn't have the best first game, but he's going to be, you know, scoring points all season. So Big Sam uh, with a big statement win. Uh, I, 
against just a, a slumping ticket, you know, putting up 107.3, uh, not the lowest in the league by any mark, but, you know, still in the lower end, was never really in the game. Big Sam took off early. Uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, with the drop against the Bears, could have had two scores there. Kind of just sets the tone for how Ticket's fantasy career is gone. Just can't really seem to catch a break or catch, you know, catch a ball, literally. Uh, I don't know how he dropped that. Uh, he had Juju go off for 21.9. It was nice to see. Uh, you know, him and Tyreek Hill could be a very good wide receiver combo with Ertz, uh, who only had 9.3, but, you know, looked good. Uh, I like Amari Cooper in the flex. I don't hate Ticket's team, you know. Nick Chubb didn't do anything. He only had five. Uh, but that's a problem, you know. He has guys like Nick Chubb who are just on a crappy Browns team. Uh, and Zach Ertz as well, you know, being on an Eagles team that just didn't look that good. Dallas looked mediocre. Um, but the Chiefs and Steelers are going to be there, and I love his wide receivers. Carson Wentz, another iffy. Only put up 13, two picks. Looked really bad towards the end of that game. So could be another long road for Ticket. Uh, maybe need to make some trades. I love his defense, 12 for New England D. That's not going to be a problem. Um, but overall, huge statement win for Big Sam. Really uh, showing that he's here to play this year. If it's him that's running his team, you know, as I said before, you know, we don't hear a lot from Big Sam sometimes. He kind of just goes away. We don't know where he is. So hopefully he's uh, on top of his team this year and makes the the roster judgments that he might need to make in a crucial stretch of the season. Uh, but good win for Big Sam. Ticket has to improve. Let's go to one of my favorite matchups. Well, I not my favorite, but you know, a, a matchup that's proving me wrong from last week. It's the Minneapolis Mike Caputo's against Big Daddy for three, Kyle Coughlin. Minneapolis Mike, Mike Caputo's with the huge 140 spot against Coughlin to his 113.74. Caputo is making a statement. He was not happy with his sixth spot overall in the power rankings. I eat my words of what I said last week. You know, I never said he had a bad team. I just needed to see something, and I saw it. You know, he has Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Josh Jacobs, two of the league's premier running backs. Yet again, Nato has two of the best running backs in the league. Um, his wide receivers, uh, well, and, and and may I say his running backs combined for 52 points, uh, 53 actually, uh, so which is going to be a huge, obviously, telling point for his team if they can continue that success. Because, you know, what does nervous me a little bit is his receivers with OBJ and Al Robinson. But the huge thing I see here on his team is he has he had Calvin Ridley go off for 30 in the flex, and he has Jonathan Taylor on the bench who just got named the starting back for the Colts so he can slide him into the flex Put Ridley in for OBJ if necessary. Uh, but Nato's team looking in in shape already. He does have Tom Brady in a quarterback. He, he put up 20. Uh, he had three touchdowns but also two picks. He's a question mark for me. I think he can produce. I just don't know. You know, I don't see him getting more than, you know, maybe have a couple 27, 29-point games. But I see him getting around 20 a lot, which, you know, a 20 is fine for a quarterback. Mahomes got 20 for Coughlin. But you'd love to see a quarterback that, that could potentially give you 30 uh, like Russell Wilson did uh, for Nasser. For Coughlin's team, I actually really do like Coughlin's team. Michael Thomas for here was huge. Only giving him 3.2 points a game. That's not going to happen every week. Thomas is a 25 to 30 point guy. So that's going to change. You know, Le'Veon Bell, obviously, uh, 
he's hurt for a couple weeks, but you know he I, I think he needs to find uh, a second running back, and I think he does with Raheem Moser. Uh, he had him in the flex with twenty three points. He can slide him in for Le'Veon. Uh, put Didi Shark in from his bench into the flex, uh, and I think Coughlin's gonna be right there. He is a two. He's not a two time champ for nothing. Uh, we always talk about you know he likes to have an early loss in the season and then go on a run. So you can never count Coughlin out. He's hunting for his third championship. Don't let this first week loss fool you. Uh, but credit to Nick Fernando with a hell of a performance, uh, proving uh, that he deserves to be higher up in the rankings. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he can agree that, yeah, maybe six was a little low, but he does have a, you know, you know, a team that, you know, they can go off or, you know, they might not, because they, you know, it's a boomer bust team. But I think now that I look at it, it's more of a, you know, not boomer bust, but I think it's going to be a pretty consistently high scoring team. Uh, so, Minneapolis Mike Caputo's and Big Daddy Answer 3, both forces to be reckoned with. Uh, tough first match for both of them. No one wants to play, you know, with their level of caliber in the league first week, but that's what happened, uh, and uh, they're going to move on to week two just fine. For the matchup of the week, it's the fifth matchup of this league uh, with the 10-team league, so this was a huge one. About that action against the dots and bailouts about that action with the huge 114.4 win over the bailouts, 101.34 about the action, not putting up the highest points of the week, but this just felt like a playoff game. Uh, the bailouts, you know, not scoring as high as I thought, only cracking a hundred by a point. Uh, and a great performance out of Zeke. Kane and Drake, he did score a touchdown, but you know, wasn't focused a lot. What you really see here is his receivers and A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore only combining for 13.8 points. That's just not going to cut it uh, in this league with the amount of receivers in it. And, you know, you see Ronald Jones in the flex. That's a question mark with Corden Sutton. He did have Corden Sutton uh, out this game, which was huge. And he also had has J.K. Dobbins on the bench. He scored two touchdowns, so he can probably put him in the mix. Uh, but he's going to need A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore to step it up. Uh, kind of, you know, a disappointing performance by the bailouts this week. Uh, but he, but he, he he, hung in there till the end versus Bout That Action, who just really, you know, he performed very well, almost blew it at the end. You know, he was up most of the week, uh, but couldn't put the bailouts away who were fighting towards the end. Uh, but, you know, huge performances out of Lamar Jackson, looking like Lamar Jackson form. A huge game out of Robert Woods, giving him 15. That was huge. Chris Carson with a huge 22 spot. He looked great. Two touchdowns. Uh, two receiving touchdowns, I must say. So he's great uh, in, their, in their receiving game. Derrick Henry putting up 14.6. You know, 116 yards for Henry. He, he's going to be awesome. He, he, he couldn't find the end zone. He was so close. So H- Henry's a beast. About that action looking like a scary team. Uh, I called this upset. Me and the, the commissioner did call this upset last week. We felt about that action was trying to make a statement. Uh, and he did just that. Uh, a lot of statement wins this first week, which was you love to see in a fantasy league. Uh, you got teams like the Saloons, Mouth of Action, trying to make it out of the toilet bowl, uh, running the bottom of the league, trying to make a statement. So it's good to see uh, some new teams uh, taking that week one leap. But that, as I said before, it's week one. Uh, it's a long way away uh, from the end of the season. That's why you know. That's why you play uh, twelve weeks. You know so. Nowhere near done, uh, but it's you know it, it does kind of set a tone. The week one, you know, you want to get that week one dub, uh, 
But at the, at the end of the day, you know, most likely, you know, the, we're going to have a lot of one and one teams next week. So, but overall, uh, I think this is going to be an exciting year. Uh, and I'm happy to finally get to reveal the week official going into week two power rankings for the Fickner Cup. I'm going to go through 10 through 1 this time. I went through 1 to 10 last time, but I want to make it more dramatic. Uh, I want to put more weight at the top. So at number 10, we have Ticket, Nick Pastuovic. I wanted to move you higher, Ticket. You didn't have the lowest amount of points scored this this week in the league, but you know I had you at 10th last week. Uh, you couldn't get it done against a very good Kuhn team. Uh, this week, but I I just can't move you up from ten without getting a dub. Uh, it's just the way I you know I'm fa- I'm trying to factor into these power rankings, wins, uh, how many points you've scored, uh, who you're playing. So I'm putting in a few different factors. So it's a tough decision, but I'm leaving you at ten. I I I just can't move you up out of the ten spot until you at least get a dub. Uh, granted, it was a good Coon team, but you gotta play hard to get get got a counter. At number nine. We have Mr. Mike Nasser. Nasser was, I believe, he was at seven last week. Uh, no, he was at eight last week. So he's moving down a spot um, to nine. Nasser, just you know, not you know, a lot of complaining in the group chat. You know, you know, not a lot of positivity coming out of his team. A lot of blaming it on garbage time Watson. I wasn't loving hearing that. Uh, he's gonna need to find, as I said, a voice in the locker room. Uh, he's you know. You know, needs a leader in there. So that means that he needs to, needs to step it up himself, get in there, or or needs to recruit some backup. Uh, I know, you know, some people out there that are willing to hop on teams if you need help, Nasser, uh, to get that leadership back. But got to find that spark in the locker room. Uh, tough loss to Boyd. You know, he only scored 101 points, but you, you know, not cracking the 90s. So, Nasser, go, you're going from 8 to 9 this week. At number 7... Or number eight, sorry. We have Mr. Ethan Holman. Ethan himself in the group chat said that he should, that he should be dropped to 10. But I'm not going to drop Holman to 10. You know, he wants to light that fire that, oh, you put me last in the power rankings. I'm, I'm making my way to the top. I'm not going to let you have it. I'm going to put you at a measly eight. You know, of course you'd rather be 10 because you want to be, you know, said that you were last in the rankings and you made a comeback. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to let you have that miracle comeback uh, unless it's necessary. And deserving, but you know, I actually, you know, you fought to the end. Yeah, it was a bad week for you. You were out golfing. We should have been countering, watching games, but you know, you you fought to the end. You had Melvin Gordon give you some garbage time points. Uh, Big Ben had a good game for you Monday night. I I like that quarterback start, but overall, uh, still not a good week. And you're going to be downgraded one spot, but you're not getting downgraded to ten. I and I don't think you're you're you know you're. You're going to score points. Uh, they're going to come. McCaffrey's going to get you 51 game, but you're going to need some finds. Also, I think some help in the locker room as well. At number, at number six. Sorry, at number seven. Well, I am just botching these numbers. At number seven, we have Mr. Sam Coon, Big Sam himself. I know Coon might want to see himself skyrocket a little more in the power rankings. Because of his big week. But I'm leaving you at 7, Big Sam. I'm hopping you up two spots. You had a great week. 
But you also, you know, it was a win that came against Ticket. You know, he was ranked 10th, you were 9th. I can't, you know, raise you, you know, to number 3 because, you know, I want to see more. That's one week. Let's see if you can continue it. It's a good start. It's a good week. But I can only move you to 7. But I think that's a great start for Mr. Kuhn. Seven's uh, a lot better than 9 or 10. Uh, so Sam Kuhn at number 7 in the power rankings. Number 6. The biggest drop we have so far. Mr. Matthew Kleinhans. Klein, I'm sorry. I hate to drop you from 1 to 6. But it just had to be done. You know, you can't be number 1 in the power rankings and only put up 101. And, you know, expect to stay around that range. You know, the the bailouts are a good team. Uh, I expect a resurgence week for you next week. But, you know, based on the other performances of this week's league, I have to put it down to one. I know it's a lot of spots, uh, but I do have to take into account that, you know, I'm factoring in wins. Uh, and especially for the first week, you know, if you're going to go own one, you're going to drop. Uh, and that doesn't mean going forward, you know, you're 5-1, and one, you lose, you're going to be dropped. It's different. But on the first week, uh, you know, I expected more out of the bailouts. And I, and I, and I know you do too. Uh, so I hate to do it to you. You know, you know I love you, but I had to drop you to 6. Uh, and I, if you have hard feelings, I understand. But I'm staying firm with it. You're at 6 for now. I want to see something out of you. I, I, I want this to light a spark in the business. Because I, because I like the bailouts team. I, Kleinhan's good in the league is good for the league. So, but six it is for now, just on the outside looking in. Actually, no, you're, you're not on the outside. You're in the playoffs right now. So, but, you know, on the outside looking out. At number five, we have Mr. Kyle Coughlin. Coughlin is a two-time champ in this league, back-to-back going for his third in a row. He was ranked two last week in the power rankings. Had a tough first loss to Nato. He would have beat about half the league uh, with his projections or not, but his score that he had this week, uh, and with the Michael Thomas normal game, he's going to have one of the highest you know scores in the league. I I like his team, uh, but I did have to drop you to, from two to five. You know, especially for this first week, uh, I can't take a one and O team and put them behind you, uh, and you're going to rebound. You're, you're going to prove the re, the league wrong, but right now you're at five. Uh, I was really it was either four or five for you. Uh, and I hate to take you to, you know, I, I hate to take the one and two teams and put them to five and six, but it just had to be done this week just based on some of their performances. So two-time champ Kyle Coffin at five. Uh, I say that because he is a champion. He knows how to win, so I know he's going to turn around. Uh, but five for now, uh, and I'll see you uh, I'll see you in the playoffs, Coughlin, because I know you're going to be there. Number four. We have Mr. Luke Boyd. Now, this was the this was the pairing that I you know it was either Coughlin at four and Luke still at five, uh, but I think with even though uh, it was a crappy win for Luke, uh, and and people are going to disagree. Hashtag Mike Nasty that I'm moving him up a spot, uh, but he has you know he has been a consistent uh, performer as of late in the Fig League. You know he lost in the championship last year. He's made multiple championships appearances, so he's no slouch. No matter you know if people think so, he's not. Uh, and he won the first week, you know, garbage or not. He beat the opponent that he needed to play. He got the dub. It's what Luke does, and for that he knows how to win. He knows how to play a certain team on which week. Uh, so for that he's getting the four nod. Uh, can't 
Luke was at five last week. I couldn't, you know, reward him with a win and not move him up. So Ford is for him. Uh, Coughlin and him were the deciding four and five spots, but ultimately went with Luke at four. And number three, we're going to go Suakun Saloons, Alex Riddle, myself. I had a good first week. I was at four in the power rankings last week. Uh, but I haven't done anything in this league in five years. Uh, last year, I believe, started two and one. I was definitely a top three, four team, and I slept. Uh, so just because I have one good week doesn't mean I'm bumping myself up to number two or one. I'm not deserving of it yet. I think a humble third is where Riddle belongs after a week one win. And granted, I, I'm i not, you know, it's it's tough doing a podcast here uh, and honestly having a good team because then you're going to have to be like, oh, number one ranking, Alex Riddle again. And that's kind of lame. But at the same time, uh, I'm doing this podcast, and if my team's up there, fuck it. Alex Riddle all the way. I'm obviously trying to win a championship here. Uh, but I'm also going to be fair. Uh, so for right now, I like my third spot. Uh, I'm a solid team I'm, this year, and this just based on uh, performances so far. But a lot of work to do. As as I've said before, it's week one. Uh, nothing, you know, I, no one's proven anything yet. Uh, but for now, Alex Riddle, Sukun Sloan at number three. At number two, we have bout that action. Bout that action with a huge statement win uh, against the Dotson bailouts. As I said before, kind of a playoff atmosphere matchup. They both had uh, players on the 9 o'clock Monday night game with about the action having Derrick Henry, Klein Hands having the Denver D and A.J. Brown. Luke you know, scraped it out. Derrick Henry giving him you know, a solid performance. Uh, and ultimately, just, you know, A.J. Brown not showing up for Klein Hands was huge. Uh, and Titans scoring at the end, you know, his defense didn't come up with any huge pick sixes. Um, about the action with a huge win going for number three to so number two. You know, I wanted to put him in the number one spot. But again, you know, I, I know he did beat the number one team. Uh, but I'm going based off total projections along with wins and against opponent. Uh, so, yes, about the action did beat the number one team. But in my opinion, did not beat you know, the number one team overall based on week one. So for that, about the action got the number two nod. Also, you know, he's a new, you know, new face at the top of the league along with myself. So I'm not, you know, he he still has, he, he still has a lot to prove. Uh, but he makes a statement win week one against a quality opponent in bailouts. Uh, so for that, he gets the number three to number two nod. For number one in the week two power rankings... We have Mr. Minneapolis, Mike Caputo's Nick Fernando. He also made, so we had the biggest drop from bailouts from one to six. And we had the biggest rise in the rankings from number six to number one in Nick Fernando. Fernando putting up a league high, 140 points this week. Nato just proved to us that you should get two really good running backs in the beginning of the draft, as he always does. And you know what? He put his money where his mouth was this week. And he proved himself wrong. He proved that, yeah, he has upside and he has upside to stay. May I add, Nick Fernando also put out a three-team parlay on Saturday with the, the Packers money line, the Raiders money line, and the Seahawks money line. And it did wonders. 
So that just went into how locked in Nick Fernando was this week with the huge 140-point scoring performance along with a parlay dub. Nick Fernando with championships in his back pocket. He knows how to win. And for that, he proved my week one power rankings wrong as he increased from number six to number one. Fernando, he, he is not done yet. He's a force in this league. It is the week one, so I want to see where his how his players you know, respond after week one dub, but I'm liking his team. You know, it's young, it's exciting, it's explosive. He's, he's going to be a force in this league. Uh, he beat the two-time reigning champ, Kyle Cawthon, week one. If, there, if that's not a statement, I don't know what is. So for the week two matchups for the Fickner Cup, I'm going to dive into the week two overview here, give some more predictions. Uh, continue off some of my success uh, from last week, going four for five uh, for my predictions, despite all the criticism. Uh, so let's let's dive right in here. Uh, let's go with a very intriguing matchup for myself. Uh, it's going to be my matchup uh, against the 69ers featuring Nick Fernando or Nick and Madison. Uh so it's the saloons against the commish. Uh, I currently have uh, a three and a half point favorite against the Six Niners, and, and I'm just liking me against this matchup. Uh, I'm loving Murray and Watson matchup. That's going to be close. Uh, I'm loving the Saquon and Kamara matchup. That's also going to be close. Uh, but I'm loving my Aaron Jones Eckler matchup. Eckler not getting a lot of touches. Uh, Joshua Kelly stealing the show a lot from him last game. Even you know vulturing a touchdown in the end zone. I'm liking Aaron Jones there. Uh, I'm loving Adam Thielen, uh, a huge you know center point on the Minnesota offense uh, for Kirk Cousins, who he targets him the whole game. So what I love Cooper Cup not really doing anything week one, so so he might you know he's gonna need to bounce back week two. Um, the Metcalf Lockett count matchup that's gonna be awesome. Both on the Seahawks, uh, who who will get the ball more uh, from Russell Wilson or will it be equal? Uh, another huge matchup here, George Kittle and Mark Andrews. George Kittle currently questionable right now with the knee sprain, so I'm going to be monitoring that, uh, which could have a little altering in this week's matchup. But uh, I'm loving that the two of the best tight ends in the league, uh, Stephon Diggs and Marquise Brown. Man, the more I look at this, great matchups against me and the commish. Uh, I'm really just liking, you know, uh, the separation of the Aaron Jones-Eckler. I think that might do it for me. Uh, and I'm expecting a big Hollywood Brown flex uh, play this week. A uh, huge performance out of him. So I'm taking uh, the saloons over the, the six nines. I think it's going to be close, though. I'm liking the spread here. Uh, but I'm saying the saloons take it by three to five points here. Let's go to the bailouts uh, and Holman's team. This be the, the bailouts are nine-point favorites right now. This is a make-or-break Game, I feel like, for both teams here. Holman's trying to get out of the dungeon uh, and not be 0-2. But so are the bailouts. If the bailouts lose again and go 0-2, they might drop further in the power rankings. It'd be kind of a historic power rankings drop from 1 to, I don't know, I don't even want to think about it. So bailouts desperately need to win. Uh, but so does Ethan to avoid both avoiding 0-2. That's one of those matchups you hate to see because you hate seeing 2-1 teams go at it because... You feel bad for whoever goes 0-2, but must-win game for both. 
I'm definitely taking the bailouts here, though. I think they have something to prove. I'm not sold on Ethan's team yet, so bailouts are going to win this one, but I think this is going to be a close matchup. Let's go to Kyle Coughlin's Big Daddy for three against Mike Nasher's uh, Human Centipede. Also, two own one teams going at it. A must win for both. I got to take Big Daddy for three here. He's, you know, I've never seen, uh, I mean, Big Daddy's record coming off a loss must be like 30 and 0. So I'm sorry, Nasser. It's a tough matchup for you. Uh, but I'm loving uh, some Raheem Moser for Coughlin. Already moving him into the RB2, as I said he would. Uh, and I'm also moving in DD Shark at Flex. Uh, and James Conner not probably not going to be available for Nasser uh, in the coming weeks, so that's going to hurt him uh, having to sub in another running back. Also having him having Marlon Mack tear his ACL, that's a running back gone. He might have to go to the you know Mark Ingram who had a rough first game. Uh, but so tough matchup for McGee. I think Big Day takes this by twenty points. Uh, I don't see McGee's human centipede winning this game, but yeah, Big Daddy for three all the way. Let's go to. Another matchup here, Dan Fernando's Vegas Sun against Minneapolis Mike Caputo's. Uh, I think this is a pretty easy matchup here for Nick Fernando. Uh, I, I, I don't see Tigger having much of a chance in this matchup. He's kind of just outplayed in every position, so especially if in his RB2, Josh Jacobs against Tariq Cohen. I just see Josh Jacobs feasting over that matchup. Um, even though he's playing the New Orleans D on Monday night, who's good, I still see him. Um, matching him great. The only concern I guess I have for Nato is Allen Robinson currently deleted all of his uh, bear stuff off Instagram, so I don't know what that means, if he's going to play or not, but that also means that he can just slide Calvin Ridley in there as his second receiver and put Tyra and put uh, Jonathan Taylor in at flex. As I said, he probably would. So lots of stuff to work there for Nato. I see Nato taking this, another blowout win uh, for the Caputos. I know if, uh, for Nato's son is you know, banking on an upside here, I just don't see that happening. So, not out taking this one easily. And the last matchup, we have a very intriguing matchup here. We have a big Sam and about that action matchup, both coming off week one victories. This is a huge if if Big Sam can beat about that action uh, and go two and zero, Big Sam will see a huge, uh, you know, rise in the power rankings. I already made so he's already probably not gonna be upset that I'm moving up from. 9-7 to seven being 1-0 instead of having two people 0-1 higher than him. But with this win, Big Sam, if you can get this dub, you will be skyrocketed in the power rankings. Don't you worry. Um, but I am liking about that action in this matchup. I just see uh, his running backs overtaking Coons running backs with Derrick Henry and Chris Carson. I think they're just a better duo than Todd Gurley and Singletary. Receivers, though, Coon has Adams and Jones, who I do like over Woods and McLaurin. So Coon has that. Uh, tight ends are going to be close. The flex, Coon, I do like Mike Evans um, over David Montgomery, but I just think the big factor here is is about the action, Lamar Jackson, the X factor, uh, really uh, showing that he can make or break a team again this year. So I think he's going to be the X factor. Uh, and, of course, you have Young Hoo Koo, who just always comes up big. Uh, so I'm taking about that action to get that W. I, I, I think it's going to be close, though. Um, about that action, always likes to keep it close, but I do like him grinding out that victory. So I have myself beating the commish. I have the bailouts beating, uh, the snatches and I have big daddy for three beating McGee's and I have 
Nato beating Ticket, and I have Bout That Action getting that dub over Big Sam. GeForce Spotlight of the Week. My GeForce Spotlight of the Week this week is going to have to go to the five-set thriller between Dominic Thiem and Alexander Zverev for the U.S. Open Final. Dominic Thiem, down two sets to zero, is able to come back and force a fifth set and win in a tiebreaker 7-6 over Zverev. It was an insane match. Uh, Me and my friends had the football games on two TVs and the tennis match on the third TV, so we were all... You know, kind of having it on in the background. And then we're all like, oh, like, shit. Like, this match is close. Uh, and Theme, he res- the, the resilience he had to come back was insane. Kind of feel bad for Sferov. Uh No one, you know, deserves to be up two sets to zero and lose in a, in a, fifth, in a championship that has to hurt uh, after all much effort he put in. Uh, he also revealed that his parents had the virus uh, before. I mean, he's not affected or anything, but... You know, they did have it so they weren't able to travel and watch. So, you know, he, he was pretty emotional after the match. He, he wanted to win it for them. Uh, but it was pretty amazing. In that tiebreaker, both guys were so tired. Theme was cramping. You know, could barely, you know, walk to get the ball to Sarah. I don't know how he, but he, you know, he mentally blocked it out during the points. You know, I, I give it up for both players. Uh, they both gave it everything they had, but Theme just came came out on top. But they're going to be the future of the league. It's There's going to be a lot of Sferov. Theme finals for many years to come, so it's exciting to see that they're already living up to their expectation. Riddles rant of the week. Bang, bang, My riddles rant of the week this week has to go to all the haters saying that the White Sox only beat good teams. Their record so far against the Kansas City Royals and Tigers are 18-2. and two. Yes, that's an insane record, but it's versus the bottom two leagues teams in our division. Our division is one of the best divisions of baseball, the AL Central. You have the Minnesota Twins, Chicago White Sox, and Cleveland Indians all battling for a division crown. Yes, the White Sox have played the Tigers and Royals a lot this year, but it's not their fault. Everyone has to play uh, what's on the schedule. And this year with the coronavirus, everyone's forced to play teams in their own division, but we're also playing the Indians and Twins a lot too. So I think it balances out that, yeah, we we maybe have more of a 500 record against those teams, but they're better teams. So that's what happens when, you, when good teams play good teams a lot is you're going to, you know, you're not going to have as good of a record against them because they're good. Uh, and you don't have to go undefeated against those teams. If, you're, if you go in the playoffs, you're probably going to be in a, you know, game seven series. You're probably going to win 4-2, 4-3. So, I don't like how people are calling the White Sox like that. They just beat the Twins last night, uh, three to one in dramatic fashion. Uh, it was a great pitching duel between Cease and Barrios, with the Sox hitting down the stretch and able to get out of bases loaded jams uh, in the seventh and eighth inning. And the sixth uh, proves that the White Sox belong, and they now have the best record in the American League, which is awesome. I mean, I don't remember the last time. I could say the White Sox are the best record in the American League, but they do as of now. Uh, they're looking good. I'm. Who cares what the haters say? You play what's on the schedule, uh, and that's that. I also want to give a shout-out to the Chicago Cubs. Alec Mills throwing a no-hitter on Sunday. Both Chicago teams now, the only teams in the league throwing a no-hitter this year. It's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, I, I meant to mention the Cubs earlier. I did forget. 
Uh, yeah, biased right there as a White Sox fan. No, I just forgot, but I'm giving you the credit now. Uh, the Cubs are looking good the last few games. They've had a couple of huge wins against the Brewers. Uh, so I, that might just be the jump start that they need. And who knows? The Chicago World Series could be in the could be in the future. For the flick of the week this week, I'm going to take it to an older series on Netflix, Mindhunter. There's no new season that's come out for Mindhunter, as far as I know. But I was scrolling through Netflix the other day, and I forgot how much I really loved uh, the show Mindhunter. It's about uh, these two DA-type agents who uh, are, you know, they specialize in serial killers. So they're trying to figure out uh, what the tendencies are of serial killers. Uh, and then they go and talk to them. Uh, and, you know, and they're trying to figure out other murders going on. It's really well done. Uh, there's two seasons, I believe, uh, and I love both of them, um, both dealing with uh, different subjects. So, I mean, both on the lines of serial killers, but both talking about different cases, uh, two real cases. So it's cool that these cases actually did happen uh, and that they actually get to explore how they're solved. So if you haven't seen Mindhunter, definitely check it out. It's a little spooky at times, but very well done show. Love the characters. Gotta watch it. For the bet of the week this week, I'm going to take it to the NBA Eastern Conference Finals between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Uh, Their game one is tonight before the game seven for the Nuggets and Clippers. They play at 530. The Heat are a one and a half point underdog against the Celtics. I'm taking the Heat plus one and a half. Uh, They've only lost one game so far in the playoffs in overtime to the Bucs. Uh, yes, the Celtics just come off a great series against the Raptors, but I think the Heat are destined to go to the finals this year. They just, you know, they have the firepower, they have the depth, uh, and I'm liking them underdogs again. I mean, they, they love being the underdogs, so I'm loving the one and a half, you know, just in case you know, they do lose by a point on a game-winning basket by the Celtics. Uh, but I think the Heat are are going to take to the Celtics. I think it's going to be a great series. Uh, I, I think the Heat are going to win in six or seven games, but I think the Heat take game one here tonight. So Heat plus one and a half, lock it in. That's all the time we have today on the Riddle Me That podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. NFL's back. And if you didn't have a chance to enjoy week one, enjoy it week two. Take some time on Sunday, find a couch, find some wings, find some friends. You won't regret it. You don't know when sports are going to be taken away from us nowadays. So you got to take advantage of every chance you can get. And I'm telling you, you won't regret it. I hope everybody has a good rest of their night. And I will see you guys next week. Riddle Daddy, out.